What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Game Time podcast. My name is Jet Rosenstein, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric. Eric, how you doing? Ah, uh, another day, another episode, another week, another episode, another Wednesday, another episode. I, um, I'm happy. We, uh, now we're on episode 11 now, so... We're Pat. We're now officially in the double digits, in which another big milestone happened. I believe this week. I believe it is now. This is the a full two months of doing this podcast. So great back to back weeks. Very special weeks, I guess you could say. Hopefully, we'll have more of these special moments as we keep, you know, making more episodes. Because I'm having a blast, and I know you are too. So let's let's keep it rolling. Absolutely, in which I think. This week's episode will probably be my favorite for the second half of the episode that's coming up in which, as always, we start off with a little talk here and there, Instagram responses and stuff like that, then the question of the day. But then for our third topic, we are doing a fantasy football draft with Jet's friend Austin, correct? Yes, Austin. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this as well. I think a lot of you guys are going to enjoy it. And who knows if, if this is a successful episode, we'll have more drafts with more guests because I know everyone loves fantasy football and it's that time of year. Absolutely. In which our friend uh, Josh, he's been on the uh, early on in the podcast. Uh, he's I think this weekend or next weekend, he's going to be making our fantasy football league and then we'll then it's going to get serious. That's when I'm going to then start taking some uh, notes and uh, doing some research. Before then, I'll just be like, I'm just messing around doing a bunch of mock drafts on uh, fantasy pros. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard sometimes to prepare for who you're going to draft just because no one knows what's going to happen come draft time. But by the way, I just want to kind of call out Josh here. I did ask him to come on to the second half of today's episode, and he declined the request probably because you know he doesn't want to get out drafted by us <laughs> and Austin and... I don't know. It's probably a little bit of intimidation, but I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he'll change his mind down the line. I don't know how much intimidation I bring to the table because this is will be my second official draft. So I don't he shouldn't be intimidated by me in any manner. But I mean, obviously, maybe by you, because with Blitzalytics, the company you're working for, uh, you've been producing a lot of fantasy football articles. So you, I'm a little nervous now because you've you've been doing research for probably over a month now, so you're yeah, you're gonna be well prepared. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad I've been able to write some of these articles because if I was doing something else right now, I probably wouldn't have time to uh, plan for fantasy football. So it hopefully it gives me an advantage come draft time. But like like in my articles, I'm bold there too. So if you guys want to check those articles out for my bold takes, go to blitzalytics.com and look for the articles that I have produced thus far. Can you give us one bold take? Yeah, I'll give you one bold take. I actually have um I don't I don't necessarily think this is that bold, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dak Prescott finishes as the number one overall quarterback this year. Okay. I, I I have him finishing as number two, but why not? He could finish as number one. If based on the way he was playing last season to start off before he got injured, yes, it's gonna be tough to come back from that awful injury he suffered, but I've all the faith in him to come back even stronger. So that being said, I like Dak Prescott a lot this year. I like that. Um, let's get right into the Instagram responses, Jet, in which let's hear what we've gotten over this past week since our 10th episode of It's Game Time. Yeah, a lot of these questions, the answers got finalized last night from the All-Star Game and Home Run Derby that happened a few days ago. But our first question was, this is not finalized yet, how many games will the NBA Finals go? And as everyone knows, right now, the Suns lead the series against the Bucks 2-1 to one, with Game 4 happening tonight in Milwaukee. Seven out of the 18 people that voted said this series will end up going six games. Five people did say four games, which obviously can no longer happen now. Five other people said five games, and one person said seven games. Connor Malloy, which I, I find very interesting. Uh, didn't Did you say uh, six games going to the Bucks? I Bucks and six, yes. Wow, so you think they're pretty much now going to run the table, not even... That's okay, Jet. I know... Did I say six or five? You said five. Okay. Hey, that's still on the table. Big win. Big game tonight. Big game. I'm going to say the Bucks win tonight, and I think if Drew Holland and Chris Middleton play how they played last game, 
It's going to be a blowout tonight. It's not going to be a blowout. It's never going to be a blowout. It's not. It's maybe a blowout on the sun side, but definitely, <laughs> I don't know about the Bucks. I mean, come on now. You want to make any uh, wagers right now here on the spot? Well, well, we'll save the wagers for the fantasy football portion of the, the, the episode. Oh, okay. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. What are some other responses that we got? Um, the next one was, this actually happened last night. Who will win the MLB All-Star Game, the AL or the NL? 60% of the people did say the American League. And they were all correct, obviously, because the AL won last night 5-2. to two. This is actually... I didn't realize when we recorded last week's episode, this was the eighth straight year that they've won the game. Yes, the AL rules. I mean, you obviously, if you cheer for an NL team, you have to cheer for the NL. And which, I mean, it makes sense because... The NL had some Marlins players on there, and they don't really know how to win. So, And the AL had some Yankees players on there, in which they're above 500, but uh, in the past few years, they know how to win. So it it, makes, I mean, it just I, I makes sense. I can't think of any notable performances last night from any Yankees All-Stars, because I could fin- I can think of a notable performance from a Marlins player. Whoa, uh, uh, Judge had a pretty nice running catch and banged up against the wall. The, these wall those walls, man, they're... Uh, they're tough. They they may have some padding, but it's not much. So that's a notable play right there. I saw that uh, posted on Instagram and stuff like that. And the MVP for the All-Star Game was Vlad Jr. Eric, you had said Otani. I had said Tatis. Obviously, I was wrong both NL and MVP. You were wrong on the MVP. But, I mean, did, what you, did you think Otani, did he, like, not meet your expectations for how you were expecting him to perform at both the derby and the game or for the the game i thought he did fine i mean it would it would have been really cool to see him get like two strikeouts but he threw a clean frame so i mean i I don't know what he did at the plate at all but i know that he he did fine uh, like first three batters got all three of them out for the derby i think i think he did all right obviously i think um he was gassed he was gassed. He was very much gassed, and I'm, I don't think he was expecting Juan Soto to put that much of a fight up. It's hard to advance to the next round when your opponent hits 31 home runs in one round. I mean, look what happened with Pete Alonso in the first round. He hit, he hit 35. Salvador Perez knew it was over before he stepped up to the plate to hit his home runs. I think the problem was that the bar was set so high for Shohei Otani during this week that it was really impossible for him to meet any expectations that most people had on him. I do think like he was great, great for the fans to be able to see him in action. Like since he's on the West Coast, not everyone gets to watch his games because on the East Coast, they're at 10 o'clock, whatever. But it was it was definitely a fun. But going into the home run derby, that was the next question I asked who will, who will win the home run derby. Only one person predicted the correct answer in Pete Alonso. Lindsay, one of our guests from wow. the previous episode, got that right. I, I love to see that from her after a, a subpar performance in trivia against Ben. Wow. I, sh- I mean, it's not even, I don't know if we have any. Did Josh even vote? <laughs> I do not. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised she picked Pete Alonso. I don't even know. Like, she was just going I'm, with the with the the defending champ. I guess it's a good pick. I mean, the other options were just Otani, Matt Olson, and uh, Joey Gallo, or uh, yeah, or and Trevor Story was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I, I get that, that pick. One wrong too. I I get that pick. Um, did you see that? I'm pretty sure he said that he was the best power hitter in all of baseball. He did say that, and he's wrong, but I, I love I love the confidence. I think he's the best home run derby hitter in oh, baseball. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But also, this, he was I, made for this. But also, some a lot of known power hitters did not compete in the home run derby, in which I think it would have been interesting to see, like, Giancarlo Stanton versus Pete Alonso. Let's see, because both of them have won the home has Giancarlo Stan won the home run derby? He won in um, San Diego. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then put in Aaron Judge also. That would have been really yeah. interesting to see if he is the true home run king of the derby. Yeah. I mean, it was very f- funny to watch Pete Alonso the whole time. Yes. He was dancing at the plate and just he was he was locked in in the zone and no one was going to be able to touch him. It was just it no. was his night. He was definitely putting on he was he was performing for to the people also. 
he definitely definitely was by just dancing and stuff like that and like when he called timeout i think in his last round he was hyping up the crowd and instead of just relaxing keeping i guess focus like he was focused the entire time though it was very yeah. fun to see that i was so cheering for trey mancini to win oh, it because that yeah. was my second that was my second pick after Shohei. i really wanted mancini to win it and i re- i'm very happy that i was able to, he was able to make it to the championship round but man he i mean he uh, how many home runs did he hit trey mancini did oh. he hit like 20 he, I think it was a little north of 20. Yeah, like I mean, he put 20, up yeah. a good number, but, I mean, Pete Alonso was just... I think he got seven or in a row at one point. I was yeah. like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it was very cool to see Trey Manson make it that far with all the circumstances surrounding him over this past year. It was very cool to see. But going back to the NBA Finals, another question I asked was, who will win NBA Finals MVP? The majority of the people said CP3, along with you, Let's go. I said Giannis because I'm still still riding the, the Bucks train <laughs> there, along with five other people said Giannis as well. And four people said Devin Booker. Do you think Devin Booker has a, a shot at MVP at all? Or is if the Suns win, CP3 is getting it? If the Sun, because game one in the finals, that was CP3. I don't remember yep. game two, what that performance was like. Obviously, game three favors Giannis because the Bucks won. So... I think I think that um Booker if he wants a real shot, he has to show up tonight to win MVP. Cuz if Chris Paul just kind of keeps doing what he what he's doing and dropping like 25 points a night, I think it's it should just go to him. If I agree if, with that. Yeah, even, I mean I mean he's I'll... not Booker's not overperforming really. He's doing what he is. Chris Ball, this entire playoffs, has overperformed in big moments, like in Game 6 against the Clippers, like Game 1 in the NBA Finals. He's overperformed and put the Suns on his back while Devin Booker has kind of just done what he's been told to do. He hasn't done that much extra, I would have to say. Yeah, it should be very interesting to see. I I do obviously stand by my, not my Bucks, but the Bucks, because whatever, <laughs> but... um. The final question we had, which I thought should have been an overwhelming majority that agreed, but the question was, should the MLB change the you know, participation rule of allowing a representative from each team to be participating in the All-Star game? Only 59% of the people said yes, which is a little lower than I was expecting because I think that rule really needs to go away. But I get if if there's people voting and their teams aren't that well, of course you want your team to be noticed, but... That's just not what an all-star is. And, of course, if your team's doing good, you don't have to worry about that because your team, a player on your team will be recognized. So I think that may have altered the votes a little bit. I don't, I don't know who voted yes or no on that and whose team well, I mean, are I, I voted yes. I mean, I, I get lucky with at least one Marlins player a year. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I still want the rule to be changed. So. Yeah, it doesn't – it takes away from – the meaning of being an all-star. I 100% agree. There was, there were some guys, don't get me wrong, great players, but they did not deserve to be an all-star. But yeah. yeah. So after the responses, as always, is the question of the day in which this week Jet came up with it. He messaged me, I believe, Sunday night. And yeah, which, night, yeah. Jet, do you want I, to I'll, tell us what the question of the day is? Yeah, before, before I get to the specific question, I'll just give a little bit of background and why I had the inspiration of making up this question. So I went to the Marlins game this past Sunday, the final game before the all-star break. And I was sitting in um, like right center field. And after I believe it was the first inning, usually, you know how the center fielders, they throw the ball into the stands, you know, give it to a fan like that. And so Starling Marte was playing center field that day. And all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm sitting down uh, in my seat. And there's this like you know this little kid right next to me. I was I've been hearing him the whole time saying that he really wants a ball, and you know he he wants to you know he was a Braves fan, but he you know still wanted a ball, and I I can understand that because I've been in that position before. But all of a sudden I see Starling Marte, you know, pointing at someone, and I'm not sure who he's pointing at, and then he keeps pointing at that person, and then I I finally realize he's actually pointing at me, 
at first, I wasn't sure if he wanted to actually give me the ball or if he wanted <laughs> me to give the ball to the, the little kid standing next to me. So I, I got about in my seat. I didn't have my glove or anything, but I, luckily he threw the ball to me. I made the catch with my bare hand. It kind of hurt a little. but um, <laughs> Put a little mustard I, behind I, that. I, I handed it to the kid because, you know, I, I've had gotten so many baseballs in my, my life and I don't, I don't need another one. I have like a bunch just sitting in my room. Like, what am I going to do with them? But I handed it to the kid. And he was happy and their whole the parents and said thank you and everything. But after after that, though, he, the kids started bragging to me that that was like his fourth ball that he's gotten. This weekend. So <laughs> it, it, it kind of ruined the luster a little bit. But, you know, I don't know. I I gave it to him and I'm happy with that decision. But the question I have for you is we, I've seen and I'm sure you've seen the same thing at a lot of baseball games where, you know, we have these these adults, these guys over like 50 years old by themselves sitting sitting in the, the stands with no one around them and they, they catch a ball and, and there's there's little kids just standing by them and they just decide just immediately put the ball into their pocket and act like nothing's <laughs> even happening. I can't stand that honestly. And I, I don't want to be one of those people. I mean obviously when I when I'm older and have kids I'm if I get a ball I'm gonna give it to my kid. I'm not gonna give it to some other random kid. But and I'm sure you agree with me on this one. What is your stance on adults keeping a baseball that they receive in a game as opposed to giving it to a younger fan. Um, <laughs> that's funny. You kind of, like, the little kid kind of almost like scammed you into get, getting him a ball for him. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, it's, it's weird when grown adults, I'm talking like, mm, I'll say like 16, mm-hmm. like even if you're not considered an adult you're still old enough to fight over a baseball unless it's close to you and you're a- or you're able to catch it like if it's in you if it falls in your row and like you're able to reach down and get it like in a few steps then like of course yeah go get the damn go get the ball um but but if there's a little kid next to you and let them go get <laughs> let them get that ball or if you get the ball Give them the ball. Like it makes their, it just makes their day. And I've seen many videos of people in the crowds and there's baseball players and stuff like that. And they're throwing the, they're intending to throw the ball to the little kid. And I I remember one, it happened with uh, Derek Jeter. There's a video of this like woman completely grabs, I think a ball at mid air. No, tries to grab the ball from Jeter's hand and, he, and Jeter's meaning to give it to this kid right next to her. Like, just be conscious. You're an adult. This is They're trying to please the younger crowd, obviously. I mean, it, this makes the kids month. Mm-hmm. So, and so if don't try to grab the ball midair if it's being thrown close to you and you know that there's a kid there. And if you have, a, if you acquire a baseball and stuff like that, and there's like a little kid next to you and you, and it's kind of obvious that they want the ball, just toss them the ball. I mean, hell, it, you would want this, you wanted the same thing to happen when you were a little kid. So now if it's a, <laughs> I'll say this, if it's a playoff game and it's a home run ball oh, uh, by yeah. my favorite teams, you best believe I'm scrapping for that ball. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, if it's if hell, if it's a, like a foul ball in a playoff game, I still don't even know if I would like really try to go for the ball. I would probably give it away even then because it's a foul ball. It doesn't it doesn't really hold that much significance in the game. I mean, I I'm all for like, giving like the balls that the center fielders give out end of innings, like those those balls, foul balls, anything like that. But I mean, home run balls are a different story depending on the game, obviously. But one thing I will, I just want to point out to any older uh, baseball fans listening, we're not, we're not advising you to just uh, let the ball come to you and it totally hit you. You can catch the ball yeah, as long as you, exactly. you know, give it to a younger <laughs> fan next to you. We, 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 we advocate safety on this show, but um, yeah, no, like I remember when I would used to go to, used to go to game, getting a ball would, would make my day. And I, I feel for some of these young kids that come to the game, all they care about is a the ball. They don't care. Who wins? They don't care what happens. If they get a ball, they'll they will be happy. Exactly. They don't they don't care about. They probably don't even fully understand the game yet. So they're just like, I just want to get something for memory's sake. In which it could it that 
that's what you you're supposed to do is just hand the hand the ball over it's it's not that hard to to if you really want a ball you can go to the gift shop and and buy one what do you have there yeah here's one of the balls that i got uh, when i was younger still still have some of them i you know i don't mark them where they're from but it's just cool to have even though i don't really care as much as i did but you know it's still a, a memory exactly so that was the question of the day in which now we're gonna head over into the fantasy draft with just friend austin in which we will see you there in just a second Welcome back. Now we're going to talk some fantasy football, and there's probably nothing more that I like talking about, maybe except the Marlins, Dolphins, and Heat, but that, that's for <laughs> another show. But now with Eric and I for the second half of episode 11 is my good friend, Austin Geller. Austin, how are you doing? I'm good, Jeff. Good to be here. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. You want to just tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Uh, yeah I go to Indiana University going into my junior year. Uh, I've been invested in fantasy football for the past six years. I've actually been in the league with Jet uh, since 2016. Wow. And uh, after five years of being ridiculed and made fun of, <laughs> look who rose to the top and took control of Jet's league last year with a nice little championship trophy. Wow. And I'm hoping to, after being ridiculed these past few years, I'm hoping to be in that same, you know, success story that you you experienced last year. But it's not going to happen this year, I don't think, just because of the way the, the teams are going to be formatted with the keepers and everything but yeah so austin and i have been in multiple leagues for for years and you know we've we've had some pretty good matchups going back and forth i've i've uh, had the best of him in my league seven out of ten times i don't really want to get into that too much because i know i don't want to hurt his feelings that bad but yeah it's <laughs> been fun i love talking uh out of anyone i know i love talking fantasy football with austin because we think we think a lot and you know i'm really happy to have him on the show you know, it must be embarrassing for you that even though you've gotten the upper hand on me, <laughs> I'm still the one who gets the championship trophy first. Seriously, I feel sorry for you. I really do. So, Austin, you said you've been doing this for six years now, so you're a veteran of this. I mean, have you gotten, since last year, have you gotten close to winning the championship? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, last year, obviously, won, and the year before that, I came in third, and had I advanced to the finals, I actually would have won that year also. Um, so I've come very close. Closer than Jed, I presume. Well, well, oh, well just, I'll say this. So I've, I'll be honest. My team has been the definition of average over the course of the history <laughs> of my league. I've made the playoffs every year, but I'm the highest I finished is second, and the lowest I finished is like sixth. You so, know, like, Jed. You know, you remind me of the Clippers when they had Chris Paul. You always make the playoffs. I love the Clippers. Always, I love the Clippers. Love the Clippers. You always do well, and you just can never finish. You can never get past that semifinals round. I mean, that's the same thing with uh, the Clippers now. It's no different than when they had Chris Paul. I mean, PG could couldn't lift them over the top either. No, it's the same. It's Jets literally the LA Clippers. I feel sorry for him. Exactly, but uh, Austin, what type of uh, style of fantasy do you play? Do you usually play dynasty, or do you usually do PPR, or how, what? What style do you usually do? Um, usually, I do PPR. Uh, last year. Uh, my league with Jet, we, for the first time, uh, introduced the Keeper League. So it was definitely a different strategy I had to incorporate last year because I'm not the best drafter usually. I'm a great uh, in-season manager, and I make great trades. So I really had to strategize differently how I traded for guys um, based off of who had a great Keeper value, you know, so on and so forth. So yeah. one, one other thing I mentioned, I'm not going to get into the, the specific details, but in one of Austin's uh, leagues that he commissioned, there were controversy. I'm not going to get into the details, but uh, <laughs> let's say just it was sort of a, a league that kind of like a Mickey Mouse league. It didn't really count due to specific reasons. But uh, yeah, I don't want to get into it because, you know, it's confidential information. But uh, yeah, so that's that's that. But someone's someone getting defensive. <laughs> but no, I want I want to I want to get into this draft because I know we all you know, Eric, this obviously is your second year playing fantasy football. Austin, and I've been playing a little bit longer, but we all have our different you know, viewpoints on players and different viewpoints on how we want to draft and how we're going to draft for this upcoming year. So we're not going to be able to do a full 
uh, 15 or 16 round draft due to time constraints, but we are going to draft a full starting lineup, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end and a flex. This is a PPR league, which is points per reception. If you do not know, uh, 10 teams. And for this draft, the order was randomized prior to the draft. Eric has the honors with the first pick. Uh. <laughs> I have, Austin has the fifth pick and I have the sixth pick. So we'll see how it goes. Anyone have any, uh, thoughts or questions before we get started uh just for all the other picks it's computer generated and stuff yes. like that sadly i think i don't know if it was randomized i think jet just wanted to torture me with the first overall pick i know it's well, my se- it's my second year but uh from what i've seen not many when it's when it's a snake draft because this is a snake draft usually you don't want the first overall pick because you have to wait an extra if it's a 12 if it's a 12 team league you got wait an extra 23 picks till you can get your sec your your second pick so uh jed i'm a i uh there might be an investigation going on with it wouldn't with be this. the first time it, it would not be the first time <laughs> pulled something like this it would not be well no i get i get it looks weird because austin knows in in our league that we're in together i do have the six pick in that in that draft but uh really? i i did randomize it i can show you proof later on if, if you really want to see it but um Without further ado, Eric, you ready to be on the clock? Yeah. Let's see. Okay, so Eric, you're now on the clock. I believe there's a minute for each pick. So See, it wait. says that we need to wait 30 seconds in which yeah, so I get I got to evaluate my choices real quick. Just, just talk about who you're, you're you're thinking about going with. I'm looking at McCaffrey. I mean, he's obviously coming off of injury, so that's a little bit worrisome. I mean, I got Dalvin Cook last year and I mean, he was my workhorse. He was the reason why I was able to go 500 primarily Kamara a little worrisome because Drew Brees is out Barkley he's coming back from injury injury also in which now I'm on the clock with the first overall pick in which I am gonna go with the clear-cut favorite to be the first overall pick in Christian McCaffrey the projections for him he's gonna be first in points first in receptions which is my main point of drafting him first overall yeah, uh, obviously that's a great pick, and he should be going number one in every draft. But, um, yeah, Austin, you're now on the clock. All right, so it's really between Henry and Saquon, and I'm going to pull the trigger on Saquon, not only because I am a little bit of a biased Giants fan, but I do think Saquon is primed to have one of those RB1 years where he finishes as the best running back in football. I think the Giants have revamped the offensive line. I expect huge progression from Daniel Jones. They've added a lot of wideouts to give him some room to work. I think this is the comeback year for Saquon, so I'm absolutely pulling the trigger. <laughs> I love that pick. I love that pick. I just wanted to give everyone an update of, um, so after McCaffrey was picked by Eric, it went Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, and then Austin just took Saquon Barkley, which is a little surprising. Honestly, it's not, though, just because he's a Giants fan. But, um, yeah, so now now with me on the board, I'm left with Derrick Henry, who probably should have went before Zeke, before Kamara, even before Barkley. And I get this is a PPR league, and Derrick Henry is not going to catch a lot of passes. But we've seen that he's going to get a monster workload every game. And I think the addition of Julio Jones is only going to help his case for more fantasy production. That's why I'm picking him. It, it's a simple fact. He's shown what he can do. He's finished with the top, within the top five the past few years, and I expect no different this year. You know, in my personal experience, I've actually learned to go against what you say. Uh, <laughs> that's 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 what helped you win the win the league last year. I bet. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever Jet says, do the opposite. It's my rule. But what what's going on now, Jet? You you still got okay. a pick, right? Yeah. So I have a pick. So after I picked Derrick Henry. Um, it went, let's see, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Jonathan Taylor, Chubb, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Aaron Jones, and then Hopkins. So now I have the choice. I could go another running back, which I do like to do in a lot of my leagues. I plan on doing that in my main league this year due to other circumstances. Um, so I have Eckler on the board. I have Calvin Ridley on the board, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf. Great, great group of guys. I do really like Austin Eckler, I think. I mean, he's projected to finish with the second most receptions behind Christian McCaffrey. There are questions with if he can handle a big workload. But even even with all that said, this is a PPR league, and I'm I'm projecting Calvin Ridley to finish as the number one overall receiver in PPR leagues this year. So that's why I'm drafting him. Oh, you were cutting it close with the clock right there. Wait, wait, 
Hold on. I respect, I respect the pick. I respect the pick. Why, why didn't it? Hold on. I have to change it. Uh, did you get did you get auto picked for? Uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess that leaves me. It says it's gone. They, it says that uh, Eckler's gone for me. No, I chose Ridley. I clicked on Ridley. Chose Ridley. He's still here. Yeah, he's still here for me. No, I I clicked Ridley, but they must not have. I think the timer went out and you got Austin yeah, Eckler. I, I was I was talking too much. Okay, I'll take Eckler. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Well, fortunately for me. Ridley is the next guy I'm targeting. I think he will be outstanding this year. He actually played a lot better last year without Julio Jones on the field. He produced a lot more. And I think now with a full year to plan without Julio, I think really is just going to skyrocket more than he has already. So welcome to the squad, Calvin Ridley. Sorry, Dad. That's no, okay. No, I totally agree with you. So nothing wrong with that. Well, looky, looky here. All right. So. I mean, I think this is just a perf- perfectly fell in my lap, even after the uh, CPU started drafting. I mean, I'm now going to draft a guy that was on my team that I got from a waiver wire claim. And, I mean, he was probably my second best player on the team, and that is uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, he is obviously a wide receiver one on any squad. I mean, they have him projected as wide receiver six overall. So I'm going to have to go with Justin Jefferson once again, and he's going to once again, hopefully help me to a great record and actually make it far in the playoffs in my sophomore season. <laughs> like Good it. I, like I respect it. that. Good back. I'm back on the clock now. I forgot. Oh, man. Okay, so, you know what? I got to pull the trigger here. There's uh, there's not a lot of tight ends. Not a lot of great tight ends. I mean, it's one top three, and then it's kind of a drop-off. I get to choose between Darren Waller and uh, George Kittle and... It's tough. Do I go with the guy that uh, before injury was the second best tight end, or do I go with the guy that wasn't injured and I mean racked up a lot of points? I had him on my team last year, but um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the bet. I'm gonna go with George Kittle. I think he's gonna have a breakout season, and hopefully he's not. He doesn't have get injured again in any way. But uh, that I'm going with uh, George Kittle for my third pick. Respect it. Respect it. I like it. All right. Well, for my next pick, I'm looking at the running back section, and I'm choosing between Antonio Gibson or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And a lot of people favor Gibson this year. People think he's primed to have a great year, which he is. However, I actually favor Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for a couple reasons. One, last year, he actually was one of the top running backs in the league before Le'Veon Bell came on. The Chiefs had no line last year. And I think this year with a much better line, no Bell, no Williams resigned. They did not sign any real running back threat. I think Hilaire is also destined to get in the end zone a lot more this year. I think it has actually the potential to lead the league in rushing, at least be a top rusher. You know, on the Chiefs offense, top offense in the league, it's a no-brainer. I'm surprised you didn't go Keenan Allen there because I know you you really like him. But um... yeah, that, That's how he got me my championship in your league. Remember that? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so now, uh, since I don't have Ridley, I'm definitely going to go receiver here. I'm not going to make the mistake of letting my timer go out, so I'm going to make my selection right here. <laughs> I think um, Keenan Allen is going to have another monster year. We've seen what he can do with Justin Herbert, and I, I expect him to repeat what he did last year, although he did miss a few games for the end of the season. I do have him finishing within the top five wide receivers this year, and I think that's a great addition to my team, and I'm sure Austin can attest to that. You're up again, Jet. All right. Let's see. The rarity, I comp- the rarity I compliment you. You got so. 45 seconds. I, mean, I, I compliment you all the time. I mean, let's let's let the viewers know that. Well, I well, I deserve it, rightfully so. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, oh. we got a lot of good receivers in this area of the draft. Um, I could go, you know, another running back just to shore up my depth, but I'm I'm liking some of the names we have here. I, I love Robert Woods this year. I love Cooper and Lamb and that uh, Dallas Cowboys offense but i feel like robert woods is very undervalued and i think he's going to have a big year finishing as a wide receiver one therefore and i like the addition of matthew stafford too i think it's only going to improve his value exactly i'm shoring up my two running backs two wide receivers through the first four rounds i completely agree with that all right well for my next pick this is a no-brainer for me i'm looking at the receiver section i see al robinson has fallen to me this late, and his ADP has him going a lot earlier than this. Listen, the fact is, Justin Fields on the team, 
I think he's going to make this offense explode. Tariq Cohen's back to open up the field. The fact is, Allen Robinson has had tremendous success with Mitch Trubisky, who I could probably throw better than, or Nick <laughs> Foles, who frankly is washed up, um, and any other quarterback you name. So with Justin Fields, I think Allen Robinson's going to have another wide receiver one caliber year. He will be a top, he will finish in the top 10. Allen Robinson. See, I could go for my wide receiver. Amari Cooper sitting there nice for me. But uh and then I or I could go running back here and get like a, a Chris Carsh- Carson's uh Miles Gaskin. Yes. Or I mean, uh, there's one guy I'm not gonna say. Or no, I can I got the wrap around. I may get him later on then. Just uh you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Amari Cooper. All right, I'm I'm banking that that Dak Prescott's gonna come back and he's gonna have a, a great a great season, in which uh, Jet you paused the draft again before I could draft him. It might, here he goes. Here he goes again. Paul. I know he's oh, messing he he's messing with my flow. He's trying to get my head here. Here he goes again. It's it's. I'm used to He's it. the next Ma- uh, oh Rob Manfred right here, right? No, <laughs> no everyone's oh, come good. on. No, I'm not Rob Manfred. That's that's just degrading right there. So I after I pick Amari Cooper. Uh, just gonna pause the draft so we can go yeah, over some a, of the big a little, players. It's that... a little delayed on my end, so let me know when that pick is in. Absolutely. So I just, I, I gotta go with Amari Cooper. I'm betting on him that he'll be able to make it. In which, I just drafted him. So now you can pause it. Okay. So let's before we go on to round five, I just want to get everyone up to speed to where uh, everyone's roster stands. So. My roster consists of Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler at running back and Keenan Allen and Robert Woods at wide receiver. I'm still looking to fill my quarterback, tight end, and flex spot. And then let's go to Eric's team. Eric has drafted a running back, a wide receiver, a wide receiver, and a tight end. He has McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper, and George Kittle. He still needs to fill his quarterback, his other running back spot, and his flex. And then Austin Geller, the 2020 Dirty Diaz League champion. Uh, let's see what he has. Um, Saquon Barkley, Clyde, Ed- Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Calvin Ridley, and Allen Robinson still, like me, need- needing to fill his quarterback tight end of flex spot because, you know, I'm a role model for him, so he wants to follow <laughs> my draft strategy. Oh. So we'll see how the rest of the draft shakes out. Still no one has taken a quarterback with some big names left. So, Eric, I'm going to unpause the draft, and I pretty much can assume who you're going to pick here, but I'll let you... My my boy, my boy is uh he's sitting there at QB, uh Kyler Murray man. Mar Jackson? Uh no 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 no. I there's a lot of options I could go. I could go run. I I'm looking at a running back and I'm looking at a uh at a QB here and I just I that, but that you know I know what I'm gonna do. So I'm gonna draft. All right. Ah man. This is difficult. It gets tough. It gets tough in these rounds. You know, I'm gonna go with. I'm going with Josh Jacobs. Interesting. Okay. I think I don't know. I don't know why people are sleeping on him. It seems like like the experts are sleeping on him. I I just I don't know why. I mean, he had a fantastic season last year. But with so, the addition of. Um, Drake. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I'm worried about. But I just I think he's gonna be the number one back. So uh Austin, who who are you picking? So it is officially the fifth round, and this is one of my favorite rounds in the draft because I'm I'm looking at the quarterback section yes. between Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, both guys who can put up elite numbers every single week, no matter who they're playing, through the air, through the ground, it doesn't matter. The fact is, I think just a more explosive offense is Kyler Murray's offense. The fact is, he has Hopkins. He can run. He can do it all. Kyler Murray is a no-brainer for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I that's the other guy I was debating whether to hop on right now. I just I didn't want to copy my exact team from uh, from last year. So, Jed, it's now your pick, man. Yeah, so I like another two pair of quarterbacks available at this point Lamar Jackson like Austin was mentioning and Dak Prescott I am I like both of them this year however 
although Lamar Jackson is going to have a ton of uh, production from a rushing standpoint, I do think that Dak Prescott is going to make an unbelievable comeback from his gruesome injury from 2020. And I have have him slated as my number two overall quarterback with potential to finish at the top spot. So I'm taking Dak Prescott. But look who's the role model now. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Austin, you crack me up. (laughs) Jet, you're back on the clock, man. This is strictly business. There's no joking around right now. There's no joking around right now. This is dead serious right here, Jet. Who are you going for? You got to look for that tight end, man. I do have to look for a tight end. And, you know, I don't really want to draft a tight end with this pick. I think I'm going to save my tight end uh, pick for my last selection. I could go running back for my flex spot, although I think it would be ideal to pick a wide receiver for my spot since this is a PPR league unless I find a receiver that I like a lot. But I'm going to go a little bold here because why not finish my second to last pick off bold? A, a rookie wide receiver, Jamar Chase. I think I, I'm expecting big things from him. And I, I do tend to like to draft a lot of rookies, even if they do have a ton of questions. But um, um I think it's going to be a big, big season for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the Cincinnati Bengals offense from a fantasy, fantasy perspective. They're still going to be an awful team. But yeah. All right, Austin. Who are you going for? All right, well, it is, what, the sixth round right now, and frankly, there is a tight end I'm looking at, TJ Hawkinson. Huh. I understand the worries of losing Galladay, and, you know, I understand defenses may key in on Hawkinson, but the fact is, with a sixth-round pick, I think it is the perfect round to get him. He's still going to be targeted a ton. There is so much potential, just like kind of Darren Waller's situation. Not many other targets really on the team. Hawkinson in the sixth round, I think it's perfect. I think it's actually a steal. So, J.J. Hawkinson. Ch- changing your tune within the last 24 hours. Last last time I heard you talk about him, you you were not not high on him. So, very, very interesting to not see. Not for an earlier round. For I got you. No, pick, yeah, I, I got you. Yeah. I think for a mid-round pick. You know, I feel very, uh, very blessed because of – I'm not going QB. I'm waiting for QB on the wraparound pick. I can't believe this guy fell fell to me. Uh, Chris Carson, he fell to me. I have to pick him as my flex option. I mean, he. I'm surprised he didn't go. The CPU didn't even pick him earlier. So I'm going to go with Chris Carson. And then to end my draft, let's see what QBs are here. All right. So I got, I got Russell Wilson. He's the clear cut, obvious, seemingly number one choice at the moment. I got Aaron Rodgers, a little skeptical. I got Jalen Hurts. I mean, if he if he breaks out, he's he's almost like a Kyler Murray type of level of QB with the ability to run and pass. I'm just a little worried about the Eagles offense as total. So I have to go with the guy that starts off hot. I'm hope hopefully he stays hot. And I gotta go with uh, Russell Wilson from Seattle. Great. Great. Never can never doubt Russell Wilson. All right, I guess for my final pick. All right, well, I'm looking right now, unless this guy's available, a few options. A, Miles Gaskin. Yeah. B, <laughs> Cortland Sutton. Or C, Robbie Anderson. I like Robbie a lot because of Darnold. I think Darnold's going to have an outstanding year. They can resurrect his career with the Panthers. I think Cortland Sutton has the potential to go back to his form two seasons ago um, as one of the better receivers in the league. But the guy I'm going to take is Miles Gaskin. I think I had him last year for my playoff run. He had some huge games for me. I had him stashed in my bench the entire year while he was hurt. And he came back, had a great game to get me my championship. They have no real threats to take his touches out of the backfield. Miles Gaskin could be an RB1 this year. That's a great pick, Austin. Great job. Ready to compliment. <laughs> Okay, so I just need a tight end, and I like the the tier two tight ends available. Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant, Logan Thomas. Really, honestly, can't go wrong with either one of them. But for me, there's one guy that I'm higher on than the other two, and that guy is Dallas Goddard. I think Jalen Hurts is going to lean on him throughout the season, and he is going to be the number one tight end in Philly Zagertz. Maybe he'll get traded. Maybe he'll get, get cut. But even if he's on the team – 
They, there's not going to be a lot of production going his way. And I think Goddard is now the tight end, tight end one, not only in Philly, but a potential tight end one with upside uh, for fantasy football. Wow. All right. Respect it. I like the pick. Is that it? No, yeah, I, no that's it. That, 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 uh, that should be it. Unless. It. Well, let's continue why. on. Let's see what we got. Let's see. Yeah. If we want to continue on, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think we have one more, one more round. I think this okay. is the last round. Oh, we can do one more round. I can't even tell. Uh, let's see. Um, I lo- I like Mike Davis a lot. I might as well just pick another running back. I think that's a pretty easy slot selection. I'm surprised he actually fell this far. Uh, he's the running back one in Atlanta. No real threats behind him, and he's going to see a big workload. So I think that's a pretty easy pick. I like it. I like that pick. Me good va- good value pick. Great value pick. <laughs> And uh, I guess for my last pick, uh, if this is our last round, I think Robbie Anderson's the way to go here. Um, he was fantastic last year. He was the best receiver on the Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater, who no disrespect to Bridgewater, actually a very good quarterback. But I think Donald just has a lot more promise. He could throw a much better ball, I think. He has shown it in the past. It's unfortunate that Adam Gase ruined his career so far. But I think Robbie Anderson has all the tools. I think he has a quarterback. I think they have the team. And he is a high flyer. And I think he's bound for a great year this year, especially in this round. So give me Robbie Anderson. All right. Well, maybe this is the last pick in which... Well, we'll call it the last pick no matter what. We'll just each pick one bench guy. Okay. So, ooh, I got wide receiver. I'm gonna, I, I like to keep my wide receivers and running backs at even in which... I'm looking at wide receivers. I got Tyler Boyd all available. I got Debo Samuel. Samuel. I got Will Fuller, the fifth. I mean, he screwed me over last season in a trade after right before he got suspended. So, you know, I've always liked this guy. I don't know why. He just he stands out a lot to me. I'm gonna go with Debo Samuel. Samuel. Let's uh let's take a look at everyone's roster. Exactly. All right. So uh Jet, let let's hear your your uh your squad. Yeah, so for me, at the quarterback position, we have Kyler Murray. At running back, we have Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler. At receiver, Keenan Allen and Robert Woods. Tight end, Dallas Goddard. And my flex spot is Mike Davis. And then a little stash on my bench for when he, you know, shows out Jamar Chase at wide receiver. Austin, you want to tell everybody your team? Gladly. Uh, so now for an actual good team. Um, <laughs> so one of the top fantasy players all year last year, Kyler Murray, obviously one of the league's best running backs. Unfortunately, he's been hurt, but Saquon Barkley, he has all the tools in the world. The fact is, I think he's actually the best running back overall in the league, skill-wise. Just unfortunately, he's been you know hurt for a couple a of bias, years. A little bias. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, people really hating on him after last year. And it's unfortunate because people had him in the first round. That's why people hated him so much. The fact is, getting him in the third round, I got him. I think with a totally rebuilt Chiefs line, you know, no COVID, you know, get a preseason, no more Bell, no more Williams. I think Hilaire is going to have a fantastic year. You have Calvin Ridley, enough said. Al Robinson, enough said. TJ Hawkinson, Miles Gaskin, who is Again, I think bound for a great year in the Dolphins just for a lot of dump-off passes. I think they got to feature him. I think he's dangerous. And then you got Robbie Anderson, the high flyer. All right. So for coming, bringing up the rear, the sophomore player, I, uh, I decided to go with, at QB, Russell Wilson. I mean, when he's hot, he's hot. It's just it. the question is, can he f- stay hot throughout the entire season? At running back, arguably the best running back in the entire league, fantasy-wise, Christian McCaffrey. As long as he can stay healthy, he he's the best fantasy player in the league. At RB two, I got Chris Carson. I mean, I know I don't remember what round I got him in, but I know he I got him past the third round, in which that's when he's projected to be picked at. So that was I, that was a steal. Yeah. I think that was a great uh, a great value pick. At wide receiver one, I got Justin Jefferson. I mean, I think we all remember his breakout year in which, I mean, if he can 
he doesn't even have to do what he did last season. If he if he does two thirds of that, I mean that's that's a great wide receiver one. Wide receiver two, Amari Cooper. I mean his fantasy stock hurt a little bit last year after Dak Prescott got injured, but I'm I'm betting that connection is really good and he'll rack up some fantasy points for me at tight end. I'm predicting that uh, George Kittle is going to be the second best tight end in the entire league. He was at that pace before he got injured. And then at my flex, I'm taking a big risk here, but uh, if it pays off, it pays off well. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I mean, he was, I believe, if I I remember correctly, a top five running back last season. And hopefully the acquisition by the Raiders of uh, Kenyon Drake doesn't hurt his uh, touches that much because if it doesn't, he's he could be a top seven running back again in which I mean my running backs if if all goes well I mean I'd, I'd have three top 10 running backs and then on on my bench I got Debo Samuel I think he could be a great starter on a on a bye week for Justin Jefferson and Amari Cooper so that's my squad love it yeah um yeah so i well, usually with these fantasy pros drafts, you can see everyone's grades, but we're having a little bit of a uh, technical difficulties now. So I will release those grades once I get everything set and see according to fantasy pros who finished with the best draft. I think all of us will say we had the best draft, but <laughs> um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Hopefully we can do a couple more of these mock drafts before the season gets underway. One of these times we have to do like an entire episode just dedicated to an actual draft and have like, Austin and and another another uh, another friend of ours on and then uh and then just do an entire draft within an hour. I think that'd be really good. That, that's a great idea. Yeah, but uh, Austin, any uh any other strategy or ideas or any thoughts on this upcoming fantasy football season you want to share with everyone without giving too much away because we are in the same league. So. <laughs> yeah. No one uh one crucial point uh, something I really uh think is important for any fantasy draft. Don't listen to Jet. Jet, what, what, uh, where did you end up in uh, the league, the league that we did? Well, I, I was in first for during the regular season, and then my whole team collapsed once <laughs> Dak Prescott Clifford. was injured. Clifford, Clifford. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I usually don't get uh, hurt by the injury bug, but that, that was just one of those years where, honestly, I, my, my draft wasn't as great. I drafted a quarterback and tight end both early, something I don't normally do. I know it was, it was an eight team league. But it's not something I'll I'll do going forward. But yeah, unlucky season. But yeah, guys, that was episode eleven of It's Game Time. I mean, thank you, Austin, so much for coming on. This has probably yeah. been my favorite episode far so far because I got to do a mock draft with y'all. Uh, Jet, do you want to get about the socials? Yeah, um, this is probably my. I, I say this every episode. This is my favorite guest we've ever had on the show, and <laughs> I I, to, I, to, I totally mean that. Um, but yeah, our Instagram, you can find us at it's game time underscore podcast on Twitter at game time underscore it's our social media guy has been going off the walls recently <laughs> with some of the, the tweets and some of the Instagram posts. So stay tuned for that and get ready for episode five of our IGTV series where I will be recapping this fantasy draft along with the first half of episode 11. So stay tuned for that as well. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening and for participating in the Instagram polls. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. And this was It's Game Time. Peace out.